Welcome to You Should Get a License, the number one source for anyone looking to learn about or join the most underrated opportunity in business today, a career in the insurance industry. Get educated, motivated, and inspired for your journey as you learn both how and why you should get a license. Welcome back to the You Should Get a License podcast edition, your number one source for information, education, inspiration on the most underrated career path in business today. That is a career in the insurance and financial services industry. Today, very, very exciting uh, because we have, you know, one of, one of the, the, the leaders of, of the new school, essentially for this business, you know, uh, Mr. Calvin Royster Jr., he's the founder and owner of A New Financial. They're a full-service brokerage firm, really serving the Black millennial community and uh, just doing some great things, uh, has helped thousands of people. And, and he's from my hometown, Richmond, Virginia, so he's on the home team. I want to give it up, say welcome, <laughs> Calvin Royster Jr., to You Should Get a License. Hey, Calvin, thank you for being here, good brother. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for this and the platform, being able to share the, the license experience and the opportunities in the industry. I think that's dope. Hey, thank you, man. You know, and, th and that's really what, what this is all about. So, you know, when, when we're speaking on this platform, you know, many of our listeners are people who are, you know, I like to call them familiar. So they may be familiar with the industry. Maybe they're in the process of, of working on their licensing. They're in a pre-licensing course or they're new to the industry and uh, they're learning from, you know, professionals who have essentially been there done that um let me ask you as, as we get started what's your area of specialty i know you say you're full service right so when you say full yeah. service what what lines of of of, of insurance financial services do, do you offer to your clients and customers on a day-to-day -day? sure so um i think the first way to look at the full service just meaning all the lines of I don't say all that. Most lines of insurance I will handle through my agency. Um, as far as a specialty and a niche, because I do focus on the Black millennial household, I deal with a lot of young professionals, entrepreneurs, startup companies. So for that reason, a lot of times what comes through through my door uh, is auto insurance, life insurance, and then um, commercial, whether it be commercial auto or general liability, things like that. So those are like the, the three main focal points that um that we focus in on at the agency. Awesome, awesome, man. So let, let me ask you that. What, what, and I want to get into some some detail with it too, but, sure. but what is it that kind of, not what led you here, but but at this point, what, what is it that you enjoy? Like, why do, why do you enjoy being in, in, this, in this industry if you had to kind of summarize it? Man, I, I would say just the, the, and this is going to sound cliche, but just the ability to serve people because, you know, a long time, you know, not even diving all the way into the story, but, you know, through my career path, um, I have, I had a struggling, I had a struggle trying to find something where I could have an opportunity to make good money and feel like I was adding value to my community. Um, I would either make money and not be adding value or adding a lot of value and not making money. But insurance actually allowed me the ability to marry the suit. And um, the ability to be able to, to feel good about being able to be committed to my community and not worry about, you know, uh, having to put food on the table 
what was was the ideal situation for me. Yeah, yeah. Why do you why do you feel like you know? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too because just to, just to, just to kind of hover on that for a minute because you said, hey, there are opportunities where you know you want to be of service to the community, right? And yeah, and you can do things where you can make you know, a lot of money, you can, you can, you can really do well, but you, you might not be bringing the value that you want to bring. And then there are other things where, you know, you can really dive in and do a lot for the community, but you might not be able to produce the, the economic resources that are necessary to really forward, you know, what your initiatives are. And uh, I, I was, I was, I'm refreshed to hear you, you know, speaking of, of this industry, the insurance industry, financial services is a way to kind of Kind of bridge that gap. I wait. That's the, that's one of the primary objectives that you know I want people to really pay attention to is that it does allow you to not only add a tremendous value to your community, to your family, to those around you, but also can can be very lucrative as well, right? Okay. It's, it's a it's a power, powerful industry. Why, why do you feel like people are intimidated, you know, by this business? Um, you know, I would say it's just. I think it's the perception of it, right? Like, I, you know, when I think of insurance, I think of, you know, middle-aged or older white male, because that's, you know, to be honest, you know, I think we even talked about this. If you look at the dynamic and the, and the makeup of the industry, we represent about 8% of the, the industry as far as agents and brokers and things like that. So when it comes to that, um, I just think, you know, we may be intimidated by, you know, our representative industry. We don't really think that's for us. This is something for other people to do. It might be, you know, and then even, and this is kind of where I found my, um, again, niching down um, was I also think that the other part of the perception is that it is uh, kind of dry. I'm trying to find the best way to put it, but kind of dry, stiff, not exciting. And so I said, you know, when I, when I come into this space and I go off onto my own, because I did work under others for a while. Um, I want to, I want to freshen up. I want to make it exciting and, and sexy if possible. And so, you know, that's where I kind of found my lane, adding humor, entertainment and, and showing it as in, in a different light. And so I've actually had fun in doing that. And I've, um, created a, a whole little, uh, I don't say character, but, um, a, a alter ego, we'll call it named insurance bay. Uh, which has been great for marketing. Great for yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah, we'll see that. Yes, we'll, see. we'll make sure that they got links, links to check out insurance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, insurance bay is wonderful, man. Great for marketing, but it, it gives me a space and a lane to be creative, have fun, put insurance in different light, and it's allowed you know for a lot more conversations I found with millennials and things like that because of the approach of it all. Hey, we don't have to be in suit and tie to talk insurance. We don't have to talk about you know you passing. We don't have to talk about this, that, and the other. We can put it in a way that you can digest it, but first and foremost, are willing to listen to it. And so I think that's what makes it so intimidating, just the perceptions that are out there of it. And, you know, it's just about us as agents kind of putting, uh, taking onus and recreating that narrative for ourselves. Mm, mm, very powerful. Very powerful. So, so let's, um, let's take a minute and, and kind of go back. You, you, you touched earlier on, you know, your journey and, and doing different things. I want to go, go all the way back. Um, nine, ten years old. Okay, Calvin yeah. Royster Jr. What, what were you, what were you dreaming of? Now, hold on. Are you now? You're native of Richmond. Native of Richmond. I'm, I'm not. So, uh, born in California. Okay. Essentially, I was raised in Central Virginia. So. Okay, born, born in Cali. 
born in Cali, came out East Coast, settled yeah. in, took over, became insurance based, got the guns on on IG. I got you, right? Okay, That's right. <laughs> um, not nine, ten years old. What were you dreaming of being when you grew up? It's funny you say that. Um, so uh, around around nine or ten, honestly. If I remember correctly, I was telling people I wanted to be, um, I wanted to work at Walmart because my dad worked at Walmart. Mm. So <laughs> they were like, that's great. But, you know, is there anything else you'd like to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. So, but, you know, um, a little backstory to that. I had always been in some dynamic and um, form and shape of sales. So my very first uh, sales hustle business, whatever you want to call it, I was about four or five years old. And I was selling, I was probably five. I was actually selling stickers. My family came over and I would get a, a, a blank piece of paper. I would put my little stickers on it, my little sticker book. And then I would go try to sell it to them for a quarter or whatever I was trying to sell it for. They to this day won't let me live that down. That's why I so vividly know the details of that. But um, <laughs> so that was like my first thing. So I've always been around and involved in some form of sales, but you know, around nine, 10, I was probably thinking Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that goes you know, that's powerful right and, and, and no, no disc because you know people that work at, at Walmart you know respectable employment if you make an honest living you know it's respectable Absolutely. but it's all about like what you're exposed to right because that's yeah. what you saw just like we see you know many times in, in, in this industry people who have grown up around it end up joining the industry taking over their, their, their parents organizations there's a, there's a few of us who've been able to, 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 to do that and, and really do it on, on a high level. Shout out to, to Quincy Branch and Branch Benefits. But, you know, yeah. there's there, the majority aren't necessarily, you know, people who are going to look like you or I, right? Who have that, have that legacy. Um, how'd, you, how'd you find your way, you know, into, into this space? Like, what was your, what, what's your career journey? Like, coming out of, and take me back, coming from high school and, and, and all the way up. All right. So in high school, I was actually, believe it or not, I was a, I was a troublemaker in high school, man. I, I got around the wrong crowd and I made a lot of um, uh, bad decisions. I will call it that. And uh, I, I, I scooted out of high school, man. I barely got out. Um, and it was, I remember at one point in time, I was ready to just to, to drop out of high school. And when I realized that all of my, uh, my friend at the time, that they were still actually graduating. I thought we were all ready to quit together and go live, you know, the life that we were talking about. But um, I realized, man, I'm gonna be the only one that's dropping out. Everybody else is actually graduating. So the last second I kicked it in, in gear, I had to get through one class, I passed it. And then, you know, there goes the graduation. So from there, um, I actually made a decision to pivot my life and make better choices to get around different people. And um, I picked up a job serving two for 20s at Applebee's. And so I did that for just under a year. I want to say I was walking to work and I'm going to sound real old school here, but I used to actually have to walk because my license was already suspended. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not even 18. Well, I think I was just 18, 19. My license was suspended since I was like 16 years old. So I, I didn't have any driving privileges. So I actually would walk over a mile, but I think it was closer to three miles to work each way. And um I would just see what's going on today. Rid of that. All right, cool. Okay. So 
Am I on there? Okay, cool. So yeah, um, so I was walking each way to work about two, three miles. And I did that and I grinded and I grinded and I grinded, saved up, got my first car. So now I've got my first car and I'm actually doing pretty good um, as a waiter. And sure enough, um, I get into a wreck after having the car for about two weeks. You know, I'm turning my life around. I got this, I got my license finally. I finally got my first car. I'm 19. I'm like, yes, everything's going the way it's supposed to go. And two weeks later, somebody told us my car. Motorcycles weaving in and out of the traffic told us the car. So when that happens, um, the claims adjuster for, I guess, his company came out and they were actually wrapped, you know, their logo was wrapped around the car. And, you know, naive young version of Calvin uh, was like, man. I can, um, I can, if I can get a job, uh, like how they have, I can only have a career, but I can get a car. <laughs> so I need a car. I can get a two for one if I just go find an insurance company to apply for. So there was one, uh, Geico, always hiring, always hiring. And I was like, well, let me go try Geico. There, everybody in mom works at Geico. So let me go apply there. Apply to Geico, get through the interview process. And, you know, that was a great experience because they, they help you get your license to go through the classes. They pay for everything. So that was my introduction to the industry. Wow. Let's pause, let's pause right there for a minute, because it's always interesting to, to find how people got introduced to the business. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody <laughs> ever say you know, I saw the person driving this car and I was like, you know, hmm, if I get into insurance company car. <laughs> Man, I can use a car right now. So let me see, you guys hiring? Hey, but you have a point, right? It's like, it's like whatever works, you know? And it's like, man, look at, look at where we are now. So, 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 so take me, all right. So you start, you're working at, 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 at Geico. Um, are you in claims? At this point, or what do you know? I was in, um, so I was doing inbound sales. I was doing just auto sales, though. So you telesales, you know, you take taking calls. Um, how how long were you there before you decided, you know, hey, I need to make the shift? And, and what was the catalyst? Like, what was the moment where you're like, hey, you know, I think I need to need to make some moves? Sure. So I was there uh, maybe about three or four years, okay. um, and I had always been business minded. Again. Um, so I actually pursued some other business ventures. I left Geico, pursued other business ventures, and that kind of opened. And, and along with other business ventures, I got into outside sales. I had no idea. It was a whole new world exploring outside sales. So between the other business ventures and outside sales, I've kind of became a journeyman, just going through that process, right, of finding, okay, what opportunity is right for me? Okay, I make a lot of money in this opportunity. Um, I've had opportunities where I, would, you know, I was clearing six figures. Mm -hmm. So I went through that process for a few years and then um, I wanted to be specific, probably about four years of going through all these various opportunities and jobs, man. And, you know, to be fully transparent, just to, you know, encourage whoever may be listening to this. I think that in that patch, it was probably for 14 jobs that I had had in, the, in, that, in that time frame, uh, not including other business ventures and everything. So it was a lot that I, a lot of transition, a lot of transition, because I just could not find it. 
I know what I was looking for, even though I never had it, but I was like, I know that there's something else, no matter what the opportunity was that was coming up. And um, I had finally was like, did some soul searching and was like, you know what, I've got to slow down and speed up. I need to figure out what is a good fit for me. And I kind of went back to the insurance experience. I had at Geico and I'm like, insurance is actually, it was actually pretty fun selling it, but I just didn't like that setup. So what other avenues are there in insurance? And is there saying, I don't want to do just one thing. I don't want to do just um, auto sales. I wanted this other things that I can do. Let's see what else there is. And I actually looked into life insurance and um, I looked into it, saw that there's a lot of earning potential there. You could do this, that, and the other. And I was like, maybe this could be a good fit because it seems like it solves a problem. There's good money to it. Let's see what's going on with that. So from there, I went and uh, took entry-level sales position with a uh, uh, banker's life. And okay. again, great training. You know, they help you with this, that, and the other. I'd already had my license coming in, so I got started right away. Did that and quickly realized that um, while the training was good, the product uh, wasn't working for where I was working. And that was an issue. You know, I would sit across some families that look like my, like you and I, and, you know, out of 10 of them, I either could not write them um, or the product, the product was overpriced. Um, so with that being said, I realized I need to find a way. I like this, but I need to find a way to make it work for myself. So again, slow down to speed up. I said, well, I like this. How can I make this work for me? So I looked and found out you can become an independent agent. I said, wow, wow. So figured out how the process, uh, what the process was for that. Uh, and, and did that. And so I've been doing that for the last four years now. That's awesome. Man. So, so let's, 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 let's go back a little bit because you talked about, you know, when you started and, you know, you're working for the large organization kind of coming in the door, um, pretty, I guess, pretty, pretty restricted on, you know, what you could offer, what the conversations would be in that environment. So you were doing some other things. So you, you've always had, an entrepreneurial spirit right from a child with the stickers right even up to <laughs> you know working in the larger organization and um you know finding those you know other kind of ancillary or you know supplemental businesses uh to explore i think that's important to i think that's important to note because sometimes we undervalue our experiences and the skills mm. and, and, and wisdom and, and lessons that they that they teach us how do you feel that's contributed? How do you feel those experiences, like like trying those different businesses, how do you feel like that's helped your success in this industry, and especially running your own agency now? I mean, all of it is, because it was a lot of, um, I won't call them fails because I learned from all of them, right. but I think all of those experiences has helped me kind of fine tune and find out what I like, what I don't like, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses? Um, and through all of that, it kind of, it also helped me visualize, you know, where I want to serve, where do I want to focus? Um, but I wouldn't have gotten to that, or at least not as quickly as I did, excuse me, unless I, you know, went through that. So though, I think that was the biggest takeaway. I'm like, okay, well, I'm actually, I don't like this setup. I do like that setup. And then, you know, as an agency owner, those prior experiences helped me build out the position that I, you know, positions that I need. And, and being mindful of of the the, the training environment, the the culture, 
um, the mentorship, building out, you know, what to offer salespeople, what is, you know, what it what might be important to somebody. And so I can take all of that, build out something for myself, but then more importantly, um, as an organization grows and building and bringing in sales representatives, I can have them in mind as well with uh, with the past experiences. Mm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The 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 other piece, and I and, and maybe this is even an extension of that, but you know, you you mentioned you started in, in in the property and casualty world. So if you're on the telesales, you know, you get property casualty, but you also decided that you were going to do life insurance as well. And when you got with the carrier, you walked straight to the door with the license. So is that life license something that you went and did on your on your own, or is that something that you had with the uh, with the corporation as well? Yeah, no. So the life license I, I did on my own, just because I knew once I decided that that was the jump I was going to make, um, I went ahead and did it. And then from there, I said I, I know I'll find somebody that that I can partner with. Um, interestingly enough, it was right around the time my son was born. So I had no time to play. I was like, let me get this license knocked out <laughs> so I can get started with somebody because he's going to be here like tomorrow. So, you, right? <laughs> so I, I, had to, I had to, I had to, you know, I couldn't play with that, I had to jump on it. And if I was going to make that pivot, I needed to do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's another, you know, just kind of interesting point because in, in a lot of cases, you know, people kind of focus on one or the other, you know, mm -hmm. but you've been able to develop, you know, expertise in, you know, the property casualty world and in the life world and on the health side too, because you do employee work with employees and, uh, and employee benefits as well. Right. How is that, how has that process been for you? Is that something that you, that you, that you recommend? This is something that's, that's, that's dear to my heart because I, yeah. you know, we shared those licenses in that way. So, do you recommend that? Um, has that process been easy for you to, to, to manage, you know, those different lines and make sure you're staying up on all of the relevant information? Is it something that you recommend to someone new? How, how, just give me your, give me your thoughts on, on being, you know, multi-market licensed. Yeah, no, I love that question, especially for, for the audience, man. Um, so for me, I won't say it was necessarily easy, but I will say it, it wasn't, uh, for one, I enjoy what I do. So it, it doesn't take a lot for me to go seek out new insurance information or go to be talking in insurance industries and, and, and other um, uh, groups and things like that, and just constantly learning about being insurance. You know, one of the things that I did learn from Geico, I had an amazing supervisor who actually unlocked and unlocked a lot of potential in me because he showed me the importance of tapping into sales at a professional level. And one of the things he said um, to me was, let me take a step back. I always thought sales was, for being a sales professional was just addressing professionally. Um, and he said, actually, there's so much more to that. You know, a big part of being a sales professional is being an expert in your industry. And so one of the things that, you know, so me coming into the industry, my one of my first experiences was learning a lot about the industry itself. So in between calls at Geico, because um, the setup there, not to give out all their nuggets, but um, basically the better you perform, the busier you're going to be. So uh, in the beginning, as you're getting good, you will have more downtime. So you can spend that time on your phone 
Or if you want to become an expert, you're looking through company guidelines, you're reading insurance articles. And that's how I spent my time. So I be it was, I was almost indoctrinated in the, the idea and the practice of learning about my industry. So that that was my that's how I brought into it. So that's how I always approach it. So the rest of my insurance experiences, um, I came at it the same way. So all the insurances that I sell today, for the most part, I actually was up under somebody at some point in time um, learning the, the process and the, and the, the, the product, um, the companies, the, the insurance regulations around that particular product. So when I went off on my own, I had already sold 80% of what, I, what I'm selling now through somebody else. And so I just pulled it all together. So for the new person, I what I would suggest is instead of doing uh, everything at one time, if you're especially if you're new to the industry, I would focus in on one, but be open to growing at the level you're comfortable to getting others. The ultimate goal is yes, let's talk about getting to, to multiple lines because it's going to be more beneficial for you, especially if you start talking about exit strategy. If you talk about talking about extra strategy, selling your agency, mm. not every book of business is that marketable for somebody to come buy you, you buy your agency if that's the goal. So just being a, as an agency owner, knowing that it is, it would be in your best interest to um, stretch out across other lines and being strategic in which lines you open yourself up to. But ultimately, yes, grow to that at, at what level makes sense to you. And I think that would be a great goal for um, end goal for every agency owner. Absolutely. Two, two things I want to pull from that conversation. I'm going to go to my, I'm going to go to my phone and, and unless you know this right off, because there is a statistic dealing with something that you said, you said, um, when you were starting during the downtime, you you were taking that time to learn about the industry. Right. Right. And there was, there's a statistic that says if you, if you spend, I can't remember the exact, if you spend an, an hour a day or, it's something that says you'll become an expert in your in, in your field. Mm, yeah. um, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. If you spend uh, one hour a day, you spend one hour a day, you'll be an expert. One hour a day reading on your field, you'll be an expert in seven years. Mm. So you think about that. If it's, I mean, if if you if you take the the big, let me see, what's the, um, I mean, shoot, you could take like the rule of 72, but in this term, right? <laughs> and say, okay, well, if I spend two hours a day, you know, I cut that to three and a half years, right? If I, if I yeah. spend, you know, three hours, I can cut that to, you know, a year and a half. So I think that's, that's a really powerful statement. And I don't want that to get lost. Like in this conversation, I want to really hone in on, on, what you just said, because that was really poignant, you know, yeah. and, uh, and very important. The, the other thing that you said, which is also equally profound, you said, hey, look, when you get into the industry, you got to think about your exit strategy as well. How are you going to get out of this business? And that's, that's, that's a piece that I think a lot of people miss even coming into this industry. They're not thinking about, you know, what, it, what am I building over time? Right. I'm going to be able to, you know, either leverage and leave as the legacy for my family or or maybe they're just thinking about in terms of renewals. But really, here's a business that I can pass on or a business that I can liquidate and have a pretty good good living with. I, I like you to just 
you know, speak a, a little bit more to that just from a, yeah. from a concept standpoint for someone who may, may come into the business and, and, and what that could potentially mean for someone over the course of their career. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, what might be intimidating or discouraging some of us from getting into the space. And I think if we just have more conversations like this around what are truly your opportunities, you don't have to be a generational insurance agency. You know, you can come in, you can make your money and sell it and go do something else and create another generational company. Right. So I think that from again, from a conceptual level, I think that, you know, coming in, and knowing that, you know, part of the opportunity there for you is building an established agency, knowing that what you can one day sell and knowing that there's people out here that are willing to buy. I mean, I'm a part of some groups on Facebook. There was a sale done in the common thread. There was a gentleman um, that had, he'd been in this agency, I think for all of three months, but he had became an elected official in his in his municipality and according to their laws and regulations he had to give up his agency for conflict of interest so he had he put in his, his numbers he showed his numbers and said yeah this is what I, this is what i've done so far and um, i'm looking to get out of it people were, were lighting them up so um again there's opportunity there and just knowing that that is something that you can pursue you know it's again it's just a matter of how you set it up Again, certain lines are more attractive than others because of the, the money that's going to be in it for whoever's coming to buy it. But there's there are people that are willing and agents that are willing to buy you up. It's just a matter of do you have a healthy enough book for them to do it. So it, it's something that's not a far-fetched idea, and it happens pretty often. Yeah, people talk about you know you know there's a you know hey I'm gonna be a, I want to be a boss and I want to build it big. I mean, listen, yes. <laughs> This is an opportunity to lay that foundation in a very, very significant and, and, and just massive, massive way. That's that, that's so, so important. So, you know, kind of coming in now, you know, how, how has it been, you know, you've been running your business, uh, you, you came from the corporation, you've been running your business, you know, about four years, doing it well. What, what, what do you find is the difference between being on that corporate side and being you know, independent and, and, and running your own show outside of, you know, everything just being, you know, on you and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a big part. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say the biggest thing for me uh, was there's two things that were important to me. And I realized very quickly that uh, work out from the independent side and to make it very hard to see myself going back um, to the corporate side of things. Uh, one is is the marketing freedom um you know little thing in prior um positions you know it baffled me that i would have to get something approved through the marketing before i could go out to do a booth or something like that like why do i why do i need to do that um and also there's certain there's so much there's a you know, and I get it, they're protecting their brand. Um, and I'm probably trying to avoid an E&O claim, but. Uh, <laughs> but you know, ours and omissions for those. Who right. <laughs> so, you know, li liability, you know. Um, <laughs> we all have it, but we don't know. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I understand it from the business perspective, but as, as somebody who's looking to go generate and create, um, and, and I have, like to think I have a very creative marketing mind. I don't like the, the restrictions on that. So that, that was one thing. Um, 
the the other big piece I would say that, that on the independent side that I really like, um, of course, is the ability to really stretch and grow however I like. Like if I, you know, I didn't start off full service. I actually started off as just a life um, guy. And I said I was going to be a specialist. Through trial and error, I realized that uh, there was a lot more, actually through COVID really is, is what did it. Um, I was kind of put in a position where I had to make a pivot. And then looking at my niche, when I really, again, slowing down to speed up, when COVID hit and I realized that, you know, I was going to have to make some critical decisions if I was going to stay open or not, um, I had to look at my options and I said, okay, well, if this is your audience that you want to get to, um, and this is where you want to be inevitably, what are you doing to put yourself in position? Um, because at the time, and I'm, I keep going back, but prior to COVID, I was just a life, um, life agency. And I really always wanted to speak to millennials, given from my prior experiences, but I was always still spending a lot of time with final expense or working with a lot of seniors. So I was saying I wanted to do this, but I was still pursuing that. COVID happened and it sat me down. And I said, okay, well, it's now or never. If you want to get to your audience, how are you going to do that? And are you in the best position possible to speak to them? And so that's when I was able to make that pivot for myself. And I picked up my PNC license again. And from there, the rest is history. And it's been very, um, been very steady and its growth has been great ever since. So that was a great decision. But going back to my initial point, the ability to make that type of pivot and make that type of decision, I, I'm able to do because I'm in, I am independent. On the corporate side, that, that wouldn't have happened. Um, I think those would probably be the two biggest things. Yeah, no, that, that is huge. I mean, being able to, one, you know, kind of control your own messaging, right? Because yeah. you kind of control over your brand. Um, I think that's that's huge. And and, and then having the, the, the flexibility, you know, to make those pivots when the environment changes, I I, I definitely get that because in, in COVID, I was actually in an environment where I was writing for a company that wasn't equipped to deal with that shift at, at all. Mm. It disrupted the entire infrastructure of a company, you know? <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so, so that's a, that, that's a huge point, you know, that, that you make Calvin, um, you know, at this, at, at this point, you know, with, with, with your agency and, and, and continuing to build it, um, what, what's keeping, what's, what's keeping you motivated? Like what, what, what keeps you going? What, what's, what's fueling, what's fueling you right now? Not done, man. Um, you know, my sets, my sights are set pretty high. I, you know, I think uh, there's still a lot more in front of me that I want to achieve. Uh, is some of them that I'll be willing to share would be, you know, I, I definitely see a new financial being a household name within the black community, and I'm going after it hard. You know, I'm not being apologetic about who I'm trying to help and, and how I'm trying to help them. Um, and I think that, you know, that has, it was a little, uh, I don't say nerve wracking at first, but I knew that I was a little hesitant because I didn't know how that was going to be received. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know, you know, if it was going to be profitable for me, you know, just being honest. So, uh, but, you know, going through that, it has definitely been both. It's been profitable and it's been well received. So, um, 
still being, I have not, I'm not a household name yet in the black community. So until I get there, I still have a lot of work to do. And then I do have some even larger goals that I think um, is, is ironic because, you know, um, and Ghazi, she talked about it, you know, uh, a black carrier. I, I would still love to, to be involved in that in some way, shape or form. So a lot still left out there for me. And, and yeah, with all that in front of me, there's no reason to slow down now. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, because you 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 revving you revving up right now, you know. Yeah, you revving it up and, and doing and doing quite well, you know, in, in that process. Um, so so you know, kind of going going back to you know the the life and the PNC switch and dealing with the millennial demographic, right? Because there's there's two things there's two two things I want to touch on here. The, the first is How do you, how do you approach, not how do you approach, millennials. Let, let's just talk about the millennial demographic and, and life insurance. Because property casualty, okay, we, we know. And, and, and on some chart, I guess I'm a millennial too, but, but I'm talking about the, the, other, the other millennial. <laughs> property casualty, hey, okay, they're going to have auto insurance. They're going to have. Yes, they're gonna have homeowners buying a house. Life insurance, millennials. T talk to me, brother. What's what's up? Ooh, man, that and that's and that's why I was scared to dive into it. I was that's why I was toe tipping, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> to get to get over to the millennial side, just because I wasn't sure on how to approach it. The, you know, the urgency isn't necessarily there. It's it's not. Um, in most cases, it's not. Uh, so for millennials. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I, that I found that was that helped me have success in this market uh, was one, I don't even really talk about death benefit a ton. You know, when I do my initial consultation, it does come up because we've got to figure out your number of how much coverage to get you. But I don't talk about it a ton. I figure out the number, but I'm focused. I focus on living benefits. I focus on cash value. I talk about private banking, which is hot right now. It yeah. is hot. I'm actually doing a, um, a an exclusive private banking call where I'm, you know, walking you through private banking 101 because that's I think that's a lot of information there that that's valuable that we need to get the message out. But awesome. thing, you know, focusing in on those things has made the conversation completely different. We're not talking about when you die because you think you're never going to die. So let's not even talk. Okay, cool. Since you're going to live here forever, let's talk about this cash value real quick. Since you since you um, are in business for yourself because you don't want to work for nobody cool. I, I understand that. I respect that. So how about putting, uh, how about growing something that's going to allow you to tap into capital for your business down the road? Okay. Well, you don't have the 401k plan because you don't understand it at work. Okay. Well, how about we talk about some supplemental retirement options? So we started talking about those types of conversations and now I've got your ear. Before when I was talking about, oh, well, if you, if you pass, when you pass, you know, 40, 50, 60 years from now, they, that wasn't catching it. So shifting the conversation to those type of conversations and what life insurance does now and today and in the near future has been very positive. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wanted you, I was waiting for you to say that. I knew that's what you were going to say. Because <laughs> the conversation of, of like financial literacy, financial education, like that's it's a hot topic right now. Yeah. It's something that, that everyone, you know, it, you see it on social media and there's, you know, I, I actually I did a little post about it because I was like, you know, there's a lot of sound bites. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of sound bites. And yeah. the, the, the thing I wanted to, to ask you, because I knew we had this conversation coming up, was 
look, with those sound bites, people get excited about it, right? Yeah, how can I, how can I have my own bank? You know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get the, I'm trying to get a, get a, you, you. Well, I don't even know the no term IUL. I, they might not know the term IUL. I don't know. You know, when you talk to, they may not know. You know, whole life and, and all that good jazz. But I'm trying to, you know, create do infinite banking, right? And that's the yeah. one of the big ones, right? So, how do you explain to people that this does not start the first day that you open this policy? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, some people I even had and it's funny, man, because, you know, I'm sure you get it as well. We sometimes have to play cleanup crew. You know, if you're an ethical agent, you know, you, you clean up a lot of other agents because uh, taking a step back in this industry, there's a lot of turnover. People don't stay for long. And um, and a lot of times they're coming in not trained that well, um, nor are they seeking information to improve their education around what we truly are marketing. So. In that, a lot of times we do have to play cleanup crew sometimes. And to your point, I actually had somebody that called me the other day and they were they were in discussions with an agent that was telling them their goal was to take money and in 90 days, use it for X, Y, and Z. And the agent they were talking to told them the IUL or permanent product, a product that lasts your entire life, um, if, you, if you do it appropriately, um, was the proper fit for that. And they would have access to their money in 90 days. I'm like, as much as I would love to help you out, right. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be happy with me because that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, are there cases where you can tap into your money fairly quickly? Yes. But from the average person, that's not going to happen. You have to have any, you have to have a good amount of cash value already coming. You, you have to dump money in. So for the average person, that's not the conversation. Um, yeah, man. So as far as how we approach that and just letting them know, I just like to have a real just set expectations early, man. Just we, we get on it. You know, I tell them about all the things that it can do, but I emphasize long term. I don't really talk about stuff that's in short term. You know, I'll ask about um, goals that they may have. Like, what are your three, five, 10 year goals? I don't talk about what you want to do tomorrow. What are you trying to do a few years down the road? Because this is not even going to be ready for you until then. This needs time to cook and needs time to marinate. So, um, yeah, and then in doing that, and most of the times it's, it's received and understood if we're having that conversation up front, we are expect, setting the expectation of, yeah, you, you give me some money today and tomorrow you can go take out $10,000 and you can go buy, you know. <laughs> nah, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. So uh, Awesome. No, I, I just, wanted, to, I just wanted, wanted you to share, you know, something on that from somebody who, who was in the space helping people to, you know, create, you know, these kinds of contracts, you know, that will, you know, allow them to establish generational wealth that will allow them to retain, yeah. receive, you know, tax-free income, you know, down the line, potentially at retirement. Uh, but understanding that there's a, that there's a, there is an approach, like there's a, there's, this works in stages, you know, it's, it's not an, not an immediate thing. Um, how do you feel being in this industry, and this is one, because for me, I always, I tell people, yo, you, if you really want to understand this stuff, you need to get a license. You need to just get to the industry. And then yes. you know, right? Agreed. <laughs> really, you know, kind of embrace it, right? Um, how, how do you feel, though, that, you know, being in this industry has, has changed you as a person? You talked about your early years and, you know, kind of, you know, being kind of, kind of rocky. Getting into this energy has evolved you just as a man. Whew. 
Man, I, I've learned a lot, but I, I think that um, one thing, man, it, it definitely has, has, I'll say it has checked me um, in the sense that, you know, uh, there's a lot of opportunity, especially as a broker, to um, fatten your pockets at the cost of others. And so, you know, um, and in the beginning stages, you know, you're, you're growing and you've got decisions to make. Hey, rent's due. Mm-hmm. If I do this, my rent's paid, If but the client loses. Or I can do this, the client wins, and rent's probably not getting paid. So being in those situations, I can walk away proud that I can say that the clients, I always make sure my clients win. It doesn't matter what's going on with me personally, the clients are going to win. And I think that, you know, being tested in the fire, in a sense, um, did a lot for me as far as my confidence and being able to do that. Um, but also, I, I just think it, it has made me become even more um, purpose-driven and selfless because, you know, and not before that, again, not really having uh, a... I said sense of purpose, but I didn't really have anything to attach my purpose to or really go and able to fine tune what it was. And so being able to sift through all of the, the experiences and find that that thing that I can attach to and have that purpose and everything that comes with this, you know, being more selfless and developing myself to become better and really just caring about people a little bit more. That that has been probably the, the, the biggest takeaways from being in this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, being able to kind of Crystal, crystallize a, a vehicle for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Um, and, 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 and the other piece, you know, I, I bring stuff, whenever I hear something that I think is really, really critical, I want to kind of, kind of poke it a little bit. Cause when you said, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, there are opportunities, not gonna say a lot, but there are opportunities in this business where, you know, you can do what's best for you or you can do what's best for the client. Um, the best agents always do what's best for the client. The people that Absolutely. have success, they always do what's best for the client. The people who have the longevity, they always do what's best for the client. And I think that, you know, in our industry, you know, sometimes we have like this stigma, you know, with people who are in insurance and financial services mm-hmm. that, you know, they're going to get over on them or, you know, they're trying to, you know, run some kind of game or, or, or you know, insurance is a con or wh- whatever that is. And the reality is that's just 100% not the case. You do have a few people who do things that are erroneous and, and, yeah. and they pay the consequences. Yep. <laughs> but they pay the consequences, you know, and, and they're severe, right? <laughs> but for the people who do it the right way, those are the people who have who have been around, who establish a, a track record like yourself, you know, Calvin, who build up a clientele where, that, that that trust them, and who ultimately end up as the the most successful successful people. Not to mention the fact that insurance is in, in any financial in anything in, in this financial industry space. This is the most hot. This is the highest regulated industry. In yes. The <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's always, you know, the, the, the CE, you got the CEs, you got to make sure that you stay up on There's compliance guidelines, you know, for every product with every carrier that you have, Yes, you have multiple levels uh, of government that you have to answer to, you know, if something is done incorrectly, you can't, you got, you have very little, you have 
very little wiggle room with what you can do with carriers, even like what you said with the marketing, like that's, that's a big piece, you know, yeah. um, there, you can't change rates, like whatever rate you see, yeah. hey, <laughs> it's not my price. Right. <laughs> It's funny, man. You ask people for their budget, and I feel like you think they're they're trying to haggle. I'm not. I'm not trying to haggle with you. I just want to know, you know what we're working with here. I, I promise, I can't change the price. <laughs> Look, this is, listen, I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing what's here, right? No, but um, I think that's important to 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 just really highlight that, you know, for most people who are in this business and doing it the right way, you got to be incredibly honest. Like I'm. I, I have met very few. I've met some. Now I've met some. <laughs> I've met, listen, I've met some. I got a couple stories of some folks who, who did some, some crazy stuff, but they paid the price. But um, for, for, for the most part, the people that I've known in this business are always people who have, you know, up, upright character, you know, uh, very strong, you know, moral compass, you know, very strong values, incredible work ethic. You know, that, that's the people that, that I see in this industry every day. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, man, because, you know, I want people to know that most of the people in this business operate like you, think like you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. In the best interest of the client. Um, tell, tell me something. Here's something. Here's, here's something cool. Now, now we, 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 want, we always do what's in the best interest of the client. But at the same time, if you do well over time, you're going to have some success. What, what's something that you've been able to do in this industry that, you know, just something for you, you know, that you enjoy, that you, that you feel like, hey, you know, this business gave me this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think uh, the I think the coolest thing was I told my son, because, you know, he's very I very much bring him in on the process. He's only five, but I get him in the mix as much as I can because I'm just trying to, you know, plant the seed. Hey, this is you do do something with this. You know, this is for you. Pay attention. Um, and if not this, maybe at least raining around business. And so, um, you know, but with that does come a price, you know, there, there's times where we can't always do the fun stuff that has got to work. You know, there's our sacrifice that to make. I can't get you all that stuff right now. We got to wait. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I, I made a, um, I promised to him that, you know, if we, uh, if we did X, Y, and Z, I would take him to Disney world for his birthday. So I was able to do the business I needed to do, hit my goals. He did what he was supposed to do. And I was able to take him to Disney World. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was amazing in and of itself. He had a time in his life. It was his birthday. They treated him like a prince. I mean, everybody stopped. If you haven't been to Disney World, this is a free plug because they're not paying me. But I would say <laughs> definitely it's worth the experience. Five star out of five star. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and let me ask you this question. Um, Who'd you have to ask for PTO for y'all to take that trip? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, okay. Um, so, so as as we wrap up, man, we we talked about what's motiv motivating you, but um, you know, you 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 have the agency is is functioning. What's what's the dream? What's what's the, what's the end goal? What's 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 the, the the ultimate move for Calvin Royster Jr.? Sure. So um, the new financial that's my baby. So that that's going with me till I'm gone. Um, as far as uh, big picture, uh, kind of like we hit on earlier, becoming a, a carrier. I want my hand in that. I want to be a big part in, in developing a black-owned carrier. I think there's a lot of again 
um, I think the industry, the industry, I don't, I think this is fact, the industry is behind on certain things, which to an extent has been beneficial for the industry because they are conservative. That's why they're still here. Um, on the other side, there's a lot of opportunity, especially around underwriting sensitive to our community um, where it can improve. And so I think that, you know, um, a company that's representative of, of the black community and reflects us around underwriting as well and actuarials as well um, in, in, in product and sales ideas as well, I think um, that's a piece of the game the industry is uh, missing. And so being a large part of that is, is definitely a big goal. Um, outside of insurance, you know, I, I would like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I have a lot of ideas, but, you know, um, insurance takes up a lot of it because I'm, I'm really trying to do some big things with this. So, but I, I'm, I'm sure I have other businesses I'll sell and things like that. But the big end game for me, the insurance wise is, is the carrier. All right. All right. And, 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 you know, you're right. That is important. I mean, you know, there was a time where, you know, we had some carriers, you know, we had yeah. uh, Atlanta, well, Atlanta life, they're still around North Carolina mutual, um, still, still around, but they're, they're smaller. You really don't care right. about them. And, and, and there was a time when they were larger companies, you know, here, here yeah. in we had the um, United Order of True Reformers, like their association. Um, but, but over time, it's like our, our presence has, has really diminished to an almost, I'm not going to say non-existent, but it's, it's a very minuscule on a, on a large level, like being, a large level, yeah. to, to, to really be able to kind of shape the direction, you know, of where the industry is going. So, so I, I think that's a, that's certainly very necessary and even maybe a revitalization of some of those other companies who, who've been around uh, for a while, because, you know, a, com a, a company can really only do what it, what it has the economic support to do. You know, Absolutely. when you're talking about quasi banking institutions, you know, like, like these insurance companies. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's a strong one. That's a, that's a strong yeah. one. We're going to talk about Absolutely. that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, as, as we close out, what's, you know, for somebody who is, who is looking to get into this space, you know, maybe they're on the fence, you know, they're thinking, you know, maybe they went interviewed with, you know, a, a carrier or, or, or an IMO. They're thinking about getting licensed, getting into the business. Um, maybe they're on the fence, you know, what, what would you say to that person? What, what kind of words would you, would you share with them? I would say, go ahead and get the license because the worst case you have a license and it, and to me getting an insurance license is equivalent of a vocational degree or certificate you know it's you can turn just like somebody can go to hvac school somebody can go to a cosmetology school or whatever it may be whatever the trade may be these people are, are doing that they're going through all of this spending thousands of dollars spending all this time and are you know to go pursue a career that they may or may you know may or may not stick with, but there's there's a lot of income potential. Insurance is no different. You just go get the license on the scale of the other options out there. Insurance probably has the lowest cost barrier of any of them. Real estate, you're going to spend thousands of dollars to get into. Insurance, it's two hundred. You know, in Virginia, it's about two hundred bucks or so, give or take. By the time you finish background, fingerprint, all that other stuff. So, very affordable price point to get into the insurance space. Get the license. And then get connected with somebody that can kind of help walk you through um, and figure out, you know, where do you fit in it? 
and you don't always have to be a salesperson. There's a lot of opportunities in um, different departments within insurance companies, small companies, big companies, um, this, that, and the other. So a lot of a lot of opportunity there. The main thing is just making sure that uh, you give yourself a chance and get the license. Love it, love it. If anyone is looking to connect with Calvin Royster Jr., a new financial, um, I don't know if you, if you're recruiting, if you if you're building and, and and bringing on others, but if they want to just get in contact with you and share some more. Uh, get some more information, you know, kind of share some more of your time. How, how do people, how do people reach you, Calvin? All right. And I think we, all right, we are going to, I think we lost, lost Calvin for a minute. Um, but I will tell you that a new financial, uh, you can find, uh, find them online at the a new financial.com. Um, man, it, it was a, a, a great conversation, you know, to have, I think we had some, some technical issues, but, um, the a new financial.com. If you are on, uh, Instagram, you can look him up insurance Bay and, uh, just, a, just a great guy, an incredible professional, and, um, you know, I hope that in the conversation, you heard something from him that, you know, just made you think to yourself that, you know, this could be something that's, that's a new for you. And uh, maybe, you know, you should get a license. Until next time. Thank you.